Greetings and welcome into the Pick and Pod. I'm Kevin Kelly. I'm joined today by Christian Goey. Christian, these playoffs are great. How are you feeling? Uh, it's the best. I say this every year. I mean, every time of year when there's playoffs going on, but this is the best time of year. With it, the, it really is. With the Warriors now that we have and with Curry and LeBron, and now all of a sudden OKC's coming out of nowhere, and they're looking like a serious contender. We have a great great show today. I mean, can you imagine, even if they got into the finals, I think they'd give Cleveland a great run for their money, assuming that Cleveland was the team to make it in. Yeah, you know, it's tough to say because I just don't think LeBron will allow Kevin Durant to take Cleveland's championship away from them because he barely lost to Steph last year without Kyrie, without Love. It's going to take a lot from Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, but with that being said, I didn't think the Spurs would, would lose to uh, OKC, and they lost in six games. I know, and I didn't think there was any way that last night we'd see the Thunder beat the Warriors in Game 1 in Golden State. They're getting hot at the right time. That's I know. what it is. Every team that does well in the playoffs is because they get hot at the right time. It doesn't matter what happened in the regular season. It's who is playing the best basketball at this moment. I know. And yeah. the Warriors were a little bit are a little bit run down. I, I get the feeling that they are, even though everybody says they're not. They've played a lot of games. Or well, so has OKC, but I'm comparing everybody to Cleveland's standard. The fact that they swept both yeah. their series, <laughs> yeah. but you know, Curry got hurt, and I just feel like OKC is just—they have the momentum right now. They have the the confidence. They have they have that feeling to them where they can actually take down Golden State. And I mean, so they win last night, 108 to 102, and we see. A lot of their bench guys and a lot of their you know secondary options really propelling the team to the next level. Durant shot 10 for 30, and Westbrook was 7 for 21. I give him credit. He had 12 assists, and he played a great game. But it's it's not necessarily those guys. I mean, Deion Waiters wasn't the greatest game, but he had 10. He didn't turn the ball over. He hit a couple of threes. I love what I've seen out of him so far. And it's kind of a parallel of what we're seeing in Cleveland with J.R. Smith. It's those other options who you can't always rely on, but they're really stepping up at this point. Yeah, I was a big Deion Waiters fan coming out of Syracuse because I'm a big Syracuse guy, and I watched him a lot. And, yeah, he's a very frustrating player. He's like J.R. Smith. He's very frustrating. He's very on and off. He's very inconsistent. Makes a lot of boneheaded plays. But when you do get the best out of Deion Waiters, he's a very talented scorer. He can score in any way, and that's why he was a top-five pick by Cleveland, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. He was a top-ten pick. Um but, yeah, and you know, the guy we both love, he's not a role player, he's a starter, is Steven Adams. And that was one heck of a pick, getting him at the, at the you know, late lottery um, for, at a pit. And he's a guy who can do it all. He's a dirty work center, but he's more he's got more skill than people give him credit for. He's kind of like Nick Collison, a, a veteran yeah. on the team. Is, is Collison on the team? He is. He's still there. Yeah, he's, he's still on the team. But, but you know, he's kind of in the same mold. You know, he doesn't take anything from anybody. He's, he's not going to back down, but he's also got skill to him, so don't underestimate him. I know. I I honestly have to say, I've been going through it in my head, and he's reaching into the top of my favorite players in the league. Like, the way he goes all out all the time, and, he, I mean, he plays with his heart every game, and some people might call him dirty, but I don't think he actually reaches the dirty, dirty level. He, I think he just plays really hard, and sometimes – there was like the trip in the San Antonio series we saw. I mean, these things are going to happen. That's not like the level of dirty that we see from some other guys. <laughs> so I, I just appreciate his heart and how he puts his entire body and soul into the game. And there are a lot of plays. Last night there was one where Westbrook was kind of slipping and he had to dish the ball off to Adams towards the end. And Adams just finds a way to finish. And he's getting a lot better finishing around the rim, right. which is huge for them. He's a he's a hustler. He yeah. does all the dirty work. He, he is a guy who gets down and dirty and – 
like I said, he brings toughness to the court. And then you have Canner, who brings more versatile skill set, can shoot it uh, from mid-range, even long deep, and, and and down low in the post. He can do it all, too. He's young. Um, Canner was a big prospect coming in mm-hmm. to Con- Kentucky. He was a big recruit. Yep. Didn't play uh, because of NCAA restrictions, I believe. Yep, that's correct. But he came out, and he still was a lottery pick, and he's showing why he's got such a huge skill set and that they, they say that the twin towers, the canner and, <laughs> and, and Adams combination is, is the reason why they're playing so well right now. And it's, it's, it's true. Um, they're proving small ball is not necessarily the, the way to win still, even though the Warriors proved that last year, you could still win with great big men as your not focal point. Their, their focal point is Duran and Westbrook, but you can still win with a, with a big um, focus on on the big guys on your team. Oh, absolutely. And and the thing from Canner I've seen, well, one one of them is his defense. I'll get to that. But first, I want to talk about he can just he can hit the baseline jumper. He can spread the floor a little bit extra. I mean, there was a failed experiment in Utah to have him shoot the corner three, which I think OKC has kind of gotten away from. We've seen him take a couple, but he can definitely take a deep uh, baseline jumper, and that's huge for the team, especially if you're playing those two big guys together because it creates space still, and they're both pretty skilled. He's obviously more skilled than Adams on the offensive end, but we've seen him step it up on defense. He and Waiters, I don't know what happened to those guys because they're guys that are notoriously bad on defense, and both of them are stepping it up on the playoffs. I don't know if you can attribute that to the coaching Billy or what Donovan? it is. Maybe Billy Donovan's you know, putting the fear of God in them and they're really <laughs> going at it, but I love what I've seen from them in in the San Antonio series. I really saw it from Canner, and even last night we saw Waiters slide over to Curry a little bit, and he was at least going all out. He was doing everything he could. Yeah, we're not even talking about a guy like Serge Ibaka. I mean, this is a team that has so much talent. They've had so much talent for so long. Presti's done a great job putting guys around Durant and Westbrook, and they for whatever reason they really haven't been able to get it done. Part of that's to the you know um, the the run that the Warriors have put on lately. Before the Warriors, it was OKC as the main team in the West to to challenge the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not even talking about guys like Serge Ibaka and another guy who's a young big man that they have is Mitch McGarry, who out of Michigan, who was playing really well in, in limited minutes last year. We never see him. They have a lot of young talent, yeah. specifically with big men. You're right, and. Uh, they keep it up. Even Randy Foy gives them some good Randy minutes Foy. as another. I mean, Moro. out on the wing, yeah, Morrow when he steps in, you got guys that can knock down shots, and whoever's hot, I would and, just play them. And Cameron, Cameron Payne uh, looks like a good locker room guy. Him and Westbrook do that dance for sure. We haven't seen him much. I mean, last night we didn't see him a whole lot. We saw him more in the San Antonio series, but I definitely think he's a good locker room guy, and he's a guy they clearly had their eyes set on. It was one of those situations where before the draft, we heard that they made a promise that if he was there, that they would take him. And it seems like he he really enjoys that situation, and everybody on the team likes him. You know, he's a he's a guy I really loved coming out of Murray State. Was it? Yeah, Murray um, State. Really can shoot the ball. Uh, you know, he's a smaller, thinner frame, but he can really shoot it. And whenever you can shoot, you can contribute on the court. Yeah. Um, and that's why I liked Porzingis, despite his frame coming out of coming out of uh, Latvia. Well, Spain really he played in Spain, mm-hmm. but uh. You know, if you can shoot, you can contribute in some way. You see that with Moore. You see that with Foy. You see that with Waiters, um, who's, as you said, playing good defense as well. But if you can shoot, you can contribute. And the and the OKC Thunder, they have everything. Yeah. There's nothing they don't have. It's really can Westbrook and Durant finally play like LeBron and Curry. Yeah, and it's funny because Westbrook last night in the postgame interview with Craig Sager, he was like, this wasn't even our best game, and we still managed to walk out of here with a win. And that's what I saw. I mean, they they both, him and Durant, didn't play the greatest games of all time, but they still managed to walk out of there with a win. And I attribute that more to how the Warriors played down the stretch. I think they only had 14 points in the fourth quarter. Yep, that's That's correct. just unheard of yeah. for them. I mean, 
they were taking poor shots, which some people would argue are like the shots they normally take, but a lot of them were quick and they were forced. Draymond Green comes to mind. He just drove to the hole yeah, kind of with no uh, nobody else touching the ball. And that's just not the shot you're really looking for at that point. It was a little bit ISO at the end. Yeah. It, wasn't a, it wasn't as flu- fluid and, and cohesive the offense at the end. And that says a lot about the adjustments they're making. You know, how much of it do you attribute to Billy Donovan? I'm just curious. Is Do you think he's the reason they've taken the next step as opposed to Scott Brooks as their coach? He's growing on me a little bit. One thing I have noticed is that it seems like when he takes a timeout, Westbrook isn't that excited about it. I've... Maybe I'm just misreading the situation, but I'm I'm really watching closely, and there have been a couple of times where I feel like Westbrook just wanted to go at it. Right. But yeah. at the same time, everything Don has done, I mean, he got absolutely blown out in game one of that San Antonio series, and they come back and they win the series in six. Yeah. So, I thought they were going to be out in five after that game. I did too. Yeah, and I actually – I should say right now that I uh, – I apologize to our listeners for my prediction because I thought the Spurs would win that series in five. I, was, I think if most I people to, did, though. Yeah, if I had to make a bold prediction, that was going to be the one. I was like A lot of people were saying seven at least, but I, was, I really thought they could do it. And after game one, I was feeling good, but Donovan makes some good adjustments, and they they make it back in, and they're, they're, uh, they're in the Western Conference Finals. We've been saying all year we can't wait for the Western Conference Finals between the Warriors and the Spurs. That yeah. was the series. We were looking more forward to that more so than Warriors-Cavs. That, that's the You're right, finals yeah. prediction that most people – uh, saw, but OKC beating the Spurs in six games after the way they played in that first game um, was unimaginable. I, I I did not think OKC would be here. Um, you even Dallas played well against them in the beginning of the series. You remember Raymond Felton's game yeah. in Dallas? <laughs> yeah, Twenty one, and he was yeah. freaking out about the way Durant was playing and the way OKC was playing. All of a sudden, OKC's taking Game One from the Warriors, the best team in the league. Yeah, and. I'm interested to hear what you have to say on this because I actually think before the series started, I kind of felt like maybe it was like 75% chance the Warriors win the series, like 25 that the Thunder would. And after that game, it's 50-50. They take game one. I think the Warriors will come back and win game two. But those games in OKC are going to be tough. And last night we saw the Thunder really weren't phased by that environment, which a lot of other teams are. No, and they played competitively against Golden State throughout the regular season. I mean, let's remember that game with Curry taking that just ridiculous shot and winning the game. Yeah. OKC should have won that game. Agreed. And they were not blown out by by Golden State. Um, And and I think that was kind of an indicator of how this series was going to go is – Look, the games are going to be close, but is OKC going to fold in the fourth quarter? And they didn't last night. They stepped up to the to, to the challenge, and they surprised everybody. And they've been doing that uh, since the Spurs series. You know, I think it's 50-50 right now, but I don't want to say, like, Golden State is, is, is in big trouble because Golden State was down 2-1 to the Cavs last year in the finals, and yeah. then all of a sudden they just, you know, they went small. They got Iguodala to 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 play amazing and they got curry and thompson and green they just have so many guys and they have so many role players i love livingston i love barbosa i love azili i love spates i love barnes barnes, barnes is stepping up yeah. and knocking down big shots harrison barnes is a guy that nobody talks about is he he's a free agent right i mean he could get restricted yeah he's a restricted believe, free yeah. agent he's a guy that a lot of teams would love to have on on their team Absolutely. they would trade a bunch for him and yeah. they'd probably give him a ton of money if he was if he was an unrestricted free agent yeah um but the Warriors, I just don't want to say that they're in trouble. If I had to give a prediction right now, I'd still say Warriors in seven, but I think it's much more, it's much closer now. I'd still say Warriors in seven, but uh, you know, it's just so it's so tough right now. It's that series last that game last night was such 
it was such an anomaly compared to what we saw the re- the re- during the regular season. But the momentum and and how hot OKC is getting, it's tough to really go against them. But I'll still stay with Golden State. I'm not gonna say they're in trouble because they've proved me wrong before. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, before we move on to the next series, which is the Raptors and Cavs, let's kind of take a break and talk about some other things going on in the NBA. Since our last podcast, we had Carl Anthony Towns win the Rookie of the Year unanimously. I think he. There is no question that that was the case. I mean, I'm totally. I would have voted for him as well. I think he had an amazing season. Um, I think the more interesting thing to talk about is what his ceiling is over the next few years because I really think he can vault up into top ten, even you know, top eight, maybe even top five of the league because he's a he's a big man who can do it all. If if everybody's saying that as we move towards small ball, it's, that's going to be a problem. He has everything you want. He can shoot from the outside and he can seriously post up down low. Yeah, I, I I love that. I I love watching him play, and I'm gonna really enjoy watching him develop over the next. And few now years. he's got uh, Tom Thibodeau as his head coach, and you know if he gets his guys around and to start elevating their play. Not that Wiggins and Levine haven't played well, but they can play consistently. Um, and and T- Towns has a winning team. He'll get that. He'll get much more spotlight. Yeah, it's like you said. He he can do it all. There's nothing he can't do. He can even step out to three point range and shoot the ball. Although I would advise him to just more focus <laughs> mid range down low in the post because you always see big guys try to become three point shooters like Ibaka is doing right now with the Thunder. I think Ibaka would be so much better just being a uh, shot blocker. Now that they don't really need that, maybe he is better. I'm with you on that. Yeah, shooter. I've said it for a while, but I, and I had to kind of take it back a couple weeks ago because we saw him. Just have an absolutely exactly. amazing he shooting shoots game. shoots well here and there. Yeah, so he gets on those streaks. But, yeah, it'll be – I don't know. I think he can be the best player. I think Carl Anthony Towns can be the best player on a championship team, and I think that team is headed in one of the best directions out of anybody in the league. I love his character, too. You know, we always have this debate. Uh, I know. I don't know if we – have we ever had this on the podcast where we talk about who's who do we think is the best Kentucky big man to come out? Uh, Cousins. Anthony Davis and Carl Anthony Towns, like who would we pick oh, at, to start a? St- I don't remember if we ever did that on here. We did it off air, and we we were like going around who would you want to start a team with out of all out of those three Kentucky big men, and I I I would would choose Towns personally just because I love his character. You know, Cousins is just I I, I just he's an enigma. <laughs> he's an yeah. enigma. He's so talented, but I just don't believe in him because he's just always there's always going to be a problem with him. Um, Anthony Davis, the injuries scare me a little bit. That's how I'd feel, yeah. And, and I think he's still got that point guard in him where he really wants to shoot threes, and he doesn't – I don't know. I, he's an amazing player, puts up huge numbers. I sound like an idiot saying that. <laughs> but I'm taking Carl Anthony Towns. I love his character. I love the way he played in this first season. He can do it all. He knows his strengths and his weaknesses. Just get, needs better coaching. needs a better team around him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he had – one of the best rookie seasons we've seen in a long time. Uh, right up there, ESPN was uh, showing player efficiency or or something, some stat. He was right up there with David Roberts, Robinson, right up there with Michael Jordan and Shaq in terms of their rookie seasons of how good they were. Yeah, he's a special player. Yeah, I would be. I agree with you. It would be between those two. I don't know. I struggle. I think the injuries would tip the scales Towns way because we haven't really seen him deal knock on wood with any injuries. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he. He's he's going to be a special player, I think, in the league for a long time. And that one of the things I really love about him is a lot of big men they end up going to the line and not being able to make free throws. He can drain free oh, throws. Oh, that was huge. And I mean, when you're getting fouled as much as he's guaranteed to be, as he's posting up down low, and you can go to the line and make 
80 to 90% of your free throws, that is a game changer. I sound like I'm tuning my my own horn when I say these things, but in the Kentucky-Wisconsin uh, game last year, he went to the line, or it was it was the, maybe the semifinals before. Semifinals, yeah. He went to the line a bunch of times, and he was knocking down free throws. I said to myself, man, that's a huge luxury to have in your big man, a guy who, because, you know, a lot of teams want to hack, hack the guy's big man. You can't do that with Towns. He's going to no. knock down free throws. Um, that's a huge asset to have. Uh, I think that's like he's a clutch player too. You know, he's not just guys going to stuff the stat sheet and then not show up in the big moments. He just seems to have it all, yeah. and he seems to have the character to lead a team, to be the face of a franchise, and he backs it up on the court. And, and Thibodeau's got a heck of a team to work with. What a situation to jump into. I mean, I would if I were any coach. I know maybe most people don't want to live in Minnesota. It's a cold place to live and whatnot. But if there were ever a good situation to hop oh, on, man. I mean, that is awesome. They're young guys, and they're going to have another great pick this year. They have another great pick, exactly. So, I don't. Well, we're going to talk about that. But where did they finish last year? They didn't. They didn't play well last year. So no, they're going they're, to have a probably I a think, good pick. Yeah, they're uh, they're fifth or sixth worst record in the league, I believe. Okay. And l- actually, Gotta let's just talk about the lottery because that's tonight. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's jump right in because the NBA draft lottery is tonight. A lot of teams' uh, future fates could be decided. I suppose um, we see that the Sixers have the worst record, but that's happened before, and they haven't gotten the top pick. Last year we saw the Knicks drop after being in the two spot, <laughs> and the Lakers are currently in the two spot, and they actually lose their pick if it drops out of the top three. So there's all kinds of interesting goes things to, to look at tonight. Yeah, and if the Kings drop out of the top ten, then it goes to Chicago. That their pick goes to Chicago. So a lot of things to look out for. Um, it probably won't though, will it? Will it? No, it's unlikely. Yeah. But I mean, you still you never know. If these things, anything can happen. You. See I don't the know Cavs how I feel jump. about the lottery. Do yeah. you like the lottery system? I'm okay with it. Um, I'm mostly on board. I know there's been a lot of talk to change it in the right. past couple of years, but I'm not really opposed. It is. It can completely change a franchise's future. For anybody who watched the uh, the Magic 30 for 30 that was recently on, yeah. we see them win it a couple years in a row, and one of the times they were the 11th worst record. That's the worst record to ever jump yeah. uh, to the one spot. Um, or the best record, I should say. Did they take Shaq or was it Penny? That was the year they got Penny. Okay. Yeah, uh, but they that was the one, so they traded it. If I'm not mistaken, they traded it. Uh, they picked Chris Webber, traded down, or traded away, and then got back the number three pick and picked Penny at three. Oh, okay. But um, they got an absolute treasure trove of assets for Chris Webber when they did we saw, that. We've seen it with Cleveland. You know, yeah. Cleveland wasn't the best record in the league when they took Anthony Bennett, no. I believe, and they took Anthony Bennett, and it worked out for them. But uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he well, was still traded to they Minnesota. Were the, they were the ninth worst record when they got uh, – they jumped up for Wiggins. And yeah. And then we so we see that happen. He gets traded in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, it's rigged. It's probably rigged. It, I That's how I've always felt, but, I mean, maybe I shouldn't express that <laughs> <laughs> on the airwaves of WFUV, yeah. but I've always felt that way. And it's it's now they, they have people behind – uh, they have uh, representatives from each to- each team who actually observe the thing going on, but I don't know. It seems a little bit sketchy to me. I wish it was just in front of us and we could see it go down. Even I'm, then, it's still sketchy. But. Yeah, I'm a little cynical because I'm a Knicks fan, and I was I remember the feeling I was watching the lottery for the first time last year because normally the Knicks don't have a lottery pick as they do this year. They don't have a lottery pick because the Knicks are the Knicks. Uh, but I remember <laughs> last year watching the lottery thinking, oh, my God, we might get the number two pick, maybe even the number one if we're lucky enough. We got the number four pick. And then – for the first time in my life, they came through and they got a good good player when they weren't supposed to get a good player. And, and Porzingis, it worked out for the best. But, you know, last year, 
the, the the franchise is really dependent on these on these ping pong balls. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 scary because for a team like the Knicks who don't have a first round pick this year, that pick last year was so important for them. It worked out for them. But the lottery is so important for teams, and it's yeah. it's kind of annoying that it's left up to just random choices instead of how poorly you did. But it does make it a little more interesting, and that's, it's yeah. another show that ESPN can broadcast. It, <laughs> yep, exactly. And they, um, it, it's it really can change the fort. Even some of those teams that are kind of stuck in the middle, um, and maybe they just didn't make the playoffs this year. Like the take the Wizards for example, they're unlikely. They have the thirteenth worst record. They still have like a one point something chance of jumping into the top three. Right, but. A team like that, you look at they have John Wall, they have Bradley Beal. If they get another huge piece, if they were able to jump into the top three, that's it puts them on another level, and then they right. could at least trade that asset and bring somebody in. Um, so it, it really does bring an added layer of intrigue, and when it's stacked right behind a playoff game like tonight, I, I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, you Really, anything can happen, and it'll be it'll be fascinating so, to see how it goes down. So who do you think is going to get the number one pick? you think it's going to be – the worst team in the It's Sixers? only been – I think it's only uh, four times ever that the worst worst record has actually gotten it. Yeah. Um, and there is a better chance – Well, the Wolves got it last year. Yeah. Uh, they were the worst team. Okay. Is right? that the one? Oh, I no, wait, was the, the Sixers. Sixers were the, the worst Sixers team. dropped yeah. a two, and then they got Okafor. Right. Yeah. Um, or they dropped a three, actually. They dropped a three, yeah. yeah. The Lakers and got – And Russell the Lakers got two. Russell a yeah. two. Yeah. So, um, I guess – I, I'll say if you had to pick between them and the field, I'd pick the field, but obviously it's not that easy. Um, I'll, I'll say the Sixers are finally going to run into some luck here after all this time um, of being bad. and It, it seems like run kind of the natural luck. progression, they've had, right? They've had top five picks for like the past But they haven't been gotten that number years. one pick, though. Yeah. So, but... I mean, we'll see. Because they had three <laughs> and ten two years ago, and they got Embiid, and then they got yeah. Alfred Payton, who they traded. Um, but, yeah. They have uh, Noel. Yeah, I, you know, I just I I'm so sick of the Sixers. They, it's just they. they <laughs> I feel make like they're going to so be good angry. though. They get all these lottery picks and they stink year after year. The Knicks never get a lottery pick and somehow they're they're a little bit they're a tad better than the Sixers. <laughs> they just stink. I, I I I'm so envious of these teams that constantly get lottery picks and they don't. They're like the Edmonton Oilers in hockey. Like they <laughs> constantly get a top three pick and they stink up the joint year after year. Oh, they just need good coaching. They just need a. They just need good management, um, which they're getting now because they with the Colangelo guys. Yeah, but even I think it's gonna. I think it's kind of funny because I really do think think their their fortunes are about to change and they're about to get really good really fast. And really, this did kind of happen because of Hinky. Like all the picks they've gotten, all the assets they've gotten, like it's all Hinky. But he's gonna be gone. He's not gonna be able to reap any of the praise. It's gonna be Colangelo. It's but sad. Really, when everything. You really think about it. It is. <laughs> I've, I've been thinking about this a lot recently, and it's like, wow, that that's pretty. That's gonna bum him out. Although the thing about Hank Hinky is he just never stuck on to the players that were playing well. I mean, I'm not a big Michael Carter Williams guy. I, I liked him coming out of Syracuse, and then I realized that the guy just will never shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. But. You know, he won Rookie of the Year, didn't he? He did, yeah. And then they just traded him off. So, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about this. But, like, I feel like you should just kind of stick with developing your players instead of trading them every year. Yeah. Um, And now I think they just have a glut at the big man position. But then again, Embiid, who knows with his with his health. Yeah, we saw him take do some light drills recently. but That's a sad knows. story if he doesn't play. I know. Because he was a guy coming out of Kansas that people thought was the next st- – Top skilled big man that they had seen. Uh, there were like, some comparisons. Like, Elijah. Yeah, Elijah. That was the one I was thinking of, and it's like, wow, that's some <laughs> some big shoes, I guess. But uh, yeah, so hopefully we can see him get on the floor. They had talks recently with Dario Saric. 
hopefully bringing him over this year. He's a lottery so, pick. Yeah, so it, it could change quickly. Uh, yeah, and, you know, everybody doesn't talk about Jaleel Okafor because the stuff he he experienced in the beginning of the season with the, the off-the-field issues and, and, you know, Porzingis and Towns playing as well as they did. He had a good year last year, at least numbers-wise. Offensively, Okafor he was play, solid. played very well. Um, and, you, and Noel plays well. He's not a – I don't see him ever being an all-star, really, but he could be like a Tyson Chandler guy who blossoms doing the things he's good at and then eventually makes an all-star. That's a good comparison. Yeah, yeah. I like that. But, you know, besides that, I, you know, I think Okafor is the way you build with this team, plus Sar- Darich or Sarge. Sarge, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then uh, you have the lottery pick this year, two lottery picks potentially. Um, if the Lakers drop out of three, top three. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they have a lot of assets, sure, but they need to develop their players. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, we'll we'll see how it goes. I'm looking forward to it. So that's an eight tonight. The um, worst thing that could happen is that the Raptors jump into the top five. That would be crazy with the Denver pick, right? Cause, well, De- it's, it's so that there's well, the Knicks and Denver, understand. and there's like a three-way situation there. Yeah, it's a three. I think either Denver or, or the Raptors get the best. I think of the picks. Raptors, yeah, because we wanted Andrea Bargnani the Knicks. <laughs> so, man, it's it's depressing. It's brutal. Yeah. It's brutal, man. I mean, I'm sorry to laugh. I hope I hope Knicks I, fans don't take that the wrong I'm, way. I'm, I'm going to be a little angry with you after this podcast because you wanted to talk about the lottery and now you're bringing up all these terrible thoughts. Well, I'm not. You brought up the Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> I just went off. Of I it. wasn't even going to think about the lottery tonight. I've been putting it off because you know I, I didn't want to think about Andrea Bargnani. Um, but yeah, we don't have our lottery pick. The Knicks don't. The Knicks don't have their lottery pick because of Andrea Bargnani. But that's another uh, bag of issues that we don't have to get into. Let's yeah. move on. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> I think we have somebody going to the lottery tonight. I'm not sure. We probably um, do. We're, uh, we're always covering. Yeah, that. so uh, check for coverage on the website for that. Um, we'll move on now to the other playoff series, preview it, because it is starting tonight, and that's the Raptors and the Cavs. Um, game in Cleveland tonight, game one. Uh, I'm really excited for this series personally. Okay. It was um, – I got. I said before I got my one prediction wrong about the Spurs, but I did have Raptors in seven. So I'm kind of I'm proud of that one at least. That's a they good seem to come alive, and um, I like what I saw from DeRozan and Lowry. I was really upset with uh, DeRozan last week at one point because I really didn't like what I saw in the game where Kyle Lowry fouled out. He just didn't seem engaged, and but he was much better in Game Seven. And Toronto is really rallying, and I think they're kind of exercising some demons. I think they're. They can reach another level. I I think the Cavs are going to win this series. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing from Toronto, and they can at least make this interesting. How many games do you think? I'm going. Uh, I'm going to go six games. Okay. But, I, I which would... is interesting because that would mean that Cleveland was finishing it in uh, Toronto in Game Six. But I think it'll happen. You're being kind to them, I, and I understand why that duo of Lowry and DeRozan is is a strong backcourt. Uh, I'm going Cavs in five. Mm-hmm. I, I think. The Raptors will take one in Toronto, and then the Cavs. I think they'll be close games, but I just think LeBron will just rev up the engine at the end of the game and just take over. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Cavs in five. I I just, like I said, I've said this all year. I know you guys laugh, but, like, I just don't take Toronto seriously. I know, yeah. They – the Pacers was a good win. I, I The Pacers are a really good team, in my opinion. I love Paul George. You love Paul George. Um, That was an impressive game seven, beating them. Then the Heat, Heat are old. I mean, their best player is Dwayne Wade, and he's still great, but he's old. You know, they they they're a good team, the Heat, but you know they're not, neither of those teams are even in the same same stratosphere as as the Cavs. So I can't really take what they've done in the playoffs, and they still went 
to Game 7 in both those series. So I still don't know really how to judge Toronto. I want to say they're a good team, but and they yeah. are a good team, but in the West, what they would have been like the Blazers, you know? like yeah. Port, They would have been like a team like the the Portland Trail Blazers who have a great backcourt and really not much else. And that's not necessarily true. They have Valanchunas, but um, Valanchunas is hurt. He he's may hurt. not he's play. He's not playing tonight. So they have Biombo, though. Biombo, yeah, he had a great game yeah. seven. I love what I saw out of him. Um, I love Biombo. He brings some serious energy. And, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Biombo. I think that they really – my prediction of that, that series going to six relies on Toronto – either winning a game one or two, I think if they go back to Toronto down 2-0, that they're going to lose in five. I agree with you. I think they'd only win one right. game in Toronto. I think, And I think tonight they have a chance. I know a lot of people are talking about how they're coming off a of game seven on Sunday, playing on Tuesday night. That game started at 3.30. There's no rust. There's, there's no rust for them, which there could be for the Cavs. And we, have, we mentioned this last week on the podcast that the Cavs we have seen in the past have some rust in game ones after sitting out for a while. And it's been like another week since they played. True. So I... I like Toronto tonight. I'm going to make a bold prediction and say they're going to win tonight. Wow. And if they don't, um, then I think the series is over in five. You know, I, I'm, I don't think that's a crazy thing to say because t- Cleveland, they let teams stay around. You know, we saw Detroit really play well. They just never w- closed it out. They should have won a couple games. Seriously, yeah. Toronto has that ability to possibly close a game because they have two stars and DeRozan and Lowry. So they could steal one in Cleveland tonight if Cleveland's a little relaxed and, and too well-rested. Yeah, I, I think the rest is more of an advantage than it is a disadvantage because especially when you have a guy like LeBron who's in his 30s, you, you want him to be yeah. as, as well-rested as possible. Um, but, yeah, six games it could definitely go. I just think in, I think it will go five because I think the games will be really close, but I just think LeBron will close it out because LeBron has that. That's how it won the Atlanta nah. series, too. You mentioned Detroit, but also Atlanta. Yeah, it was like, oh, Atlanta. Teague's having a great game, and Cleveland wins. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's just the way it always goes. That's the way LeBron loves to do it. He loves he loves the little drama. You know, he doesn't like to blow teams out. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to go the same. I think it's going to go the same way with Toronto. Um, but I think they'll steal one or two games. I'll go with one because I think it will go five. But it won't be a sweep, I don't yeah. think. It won't be like Toronto, I mean like uh, Detroit and Atlanta. Personally, I just don't think they can keep up keep up the three-point shooting. I think they will. Ha- there will still be games throughout the rest in the Eastern Conference Finals and in the Finals where they have great shooting nights where they even hit like 23s like they have. But I just don't see it happening over and over again. And that's one thing. You could argue that the part of the rust is that they won't be able to shoot as well coming back in. I don't know. They've, I'm sure that they've been practicing hard and still still been doing a lot of shooting drills. But you get a certain rhythm in game, and I could see that that could come down. You know, you can't trust J.R. Smith. That's the thing you that I trust always him. say. You want to say, you want to say, oh man, this guy just had a great series. He's going to play great for them. But then you have to come da- back down to earth and realize <laughs> we're talking about J.R. Smith here. I mean, we Knicks fans know better than anybody. This guy can play great one day and look like the sixth man of the year, like he was for the Knicks one year, and then he can look like he shouldn't be on an NBA roster. The guy will miss everything. Um, he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat sometimes. <laughs> and, and 
but then sometimes he looks like an av- like an absolute all-star. He's got that sort of talent. It's, it's so hard to predict the way J.R. Smith will play. It's just, you know, you roll dice. You know, basically yep. that's how that's how you can, you know, predict how he's going to play. And that's part of the reason that I'm going with uh, Cavs and six because I think there's going to be at least one game where J.R. does something that co- at least comes close to costing, if not costing them a game. Because when you're playing him in crunch time minutes and you're really relying on him, it's not as bad this year as it was last year because no, it's Irving and Love were out in the finals. But they're still relying on him a decent bit, and he's still, you know, he's making tough shots. At some point, those aren't falling, and he's going to keep shooting. I think he's improving with his consistency, but but again. we, what, I feel like we've had stretches where we've thought that in the past, yeah. and then we were like, what were we thinking? He has some brutal games. I mean, you look at the stat sheet, and sometimes I'll just see it, and it would be like three for sixteen, and. He just doesn't make any shots, and then the next night he's on fire, and then the next night it's back to three for sixteen. It's just it's so hard to get a prediction on how Jr. is going to play. And really, if he plays well, they're most likely going to win because yeah. he's that extra scoring punch. And that was the same way when he was on the Knicks. If he doesn't play well, they're going to really need Kyrie to to play a great yeah. game. And, and, and Kevin even Love. if he's not perfect, I mean. They have the ultimate Tristan Thompson and even Kevin Love. They can clean up the boards. So even if if Jr. is putting up shots that aren't the best, I've seen so many times Tristan Thompson swoops in and grabs a rebound that I didn't think he had a chance at. They're a great team on paper. They LeBron, are. Kyrie, Love, Jr. When he's playing well, um, Tristan Thompson is a big time. Uh, he's like a Stephen Adams. Yeah. And Mozgov and Delvadova. They have a lot, and Channing Fry now Channing can Fry, really yeah, stretch the floor. I feel like we're going to see more and more out of him as we go. Oh, and that was a great acquisition. I thought it was a brilliant move by the yeah. Cavs to pick him up because Perfect. That, that's the typical LeBron sidekick, you know, a guy who can just stand behind a three-point line, <laughs> yep. wait till LeBron drives and, and kicks it out to him. That's LeBron's guy. Channing Fry is the perfect complement for LeBron. Uh, you know, if they if they uh, if they get good shooting again in this series, it could even be a sweep. But I just think it'll go five games, and then they'll face the Warriors. I, I'm still thinking it's going to be the Warriors. And then talk about a great NBA Finals that would be. I know. After last year, that was a great series. It was Even awesome. though it went six, it was yeah. still a great series. We were talking about how heroic of a, of a series that was from LeBron when they were up 2-1. They didn't get it done. But, man, if he's got a healthy Kyrie and a healthy love and he's got his guys uh, shooting – we could see uh, uh, the first championship in, in, in Cleveland Cavaliers history. That'd be interesting. Tyler Freire, actually, uh, he predicted that last week. That the but Cleveland Tyler predicted the Clippers. He predicted, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we should note that. But he still predicted the Cavs yeah, to no, win the I finals. I to get on Tyler. No. <laughs> <laughs> just, a, you know, just a friendly shout-out. Yeah. But um, So he would be, I think, the lone person who's been on the podcast, at least recently, who has predicted the Cavs to win the finals. And I, I, I think He might be right about I know, that he, one. He's It's very possible. Especially the way... The, the OKC Thunder are starting to, to show up the Warriors. The Warriors don't look invincible now. I'm pretty much going to be happy with any matchup we see in the finals because I think it's going to be entertaining. So the, the, no Raptors. the Raptors wouldn't the be Raptors great, but I still think finals. it would be you, – you don't think they can? There's just no chance. Like that would be the worst the worst I, opponent. I don't know. I don't I don't necessarily really? agree. I don't. I, for some reason, I'm, I'm really on board with the Raptors. I okay. appreciate them. I know you like the Raptors, but, like, come on. That no, would be right. a huge letdown would, if it was Warriors Raptors instead of Warriors versus LeBron. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. I'm not even gonna say the Cavs. Warriors versus so, LeBron. Yeah. So out of yeah, hopefully we see either Thunder and Warrior Thunder or Warriors, and then the Cavs. But yeah. 
I I really there's nothing I could see because even if the Raptors made it in, I could see them taking two from whoever it is. It wouldn't be the same level of drama though and intrigue that we'd have with either of the. Of if the it's other two Warriors sides. Raptors, I think it would be a clean sweep. But Thunder and and Cavs, another LeBron Durant rematch. That would be very interesting. That was the first time he won a championship in in Miami was against. And I think that the series goes seven. Maybe I'm that, a little bit delusional, but I think that one that could really be pushed and. Hey, I'm excited no matter what. If OKC can can beat San Antonio and beat Golden State, they can beat anybody. Yeah. I don't care how good LeBron's pl- how well LeBron's playing, they can beat anybody. Um, you know, if you can take down the team with, that has the best regular season record of all time, you can take down anybody. Uh, they are hot right now. We see that in every sport. The Giants winning those two Super Bowls. Any team that wins, it's because they get hot at the right time. Yeah. OKC is that team right now. So what's is your preferred finals matchup Warriors Cavs? But you'd be totally it's, happy with it's preferred. I would prefer Warriors Cavs a rematch of last season, and you know, I would I wouldn't mind to see Cleveland get a championship. It would be it would be um, a, a a great story. It would be a cool. You see story. that thirty for thirty with with. Uh, Believeland. That's the one I haven't seen yet. You yeah, have to I've, see been, it. I've been pretty much up on them, but I gotta check that it one out. It makes you, it makes you want Cleveland to to win because they've had such a treacherous history of in, of coming up short. Um, originally, I didn't really care about Cleveland ever getting one because I'm a you know I'm a cynical New York fan, <laughs> but now it's like, man, if LeBron can get a championship done in Cleveland, what a story! But then again, you kind of want the team with the best regular season record ever to get the, I know. Get the championship too. So, and yeah. then you think about Durant possibly getting one. If Durant gets past Golden State, he's staying in in Oklahoma City. I agree. Why would and he I go think to he Washington? Still might. I feel like the Spurs win was big, at least for one more year. Durant and OKC. I feel like that was a huge step in the right and direction. And him and Westbrook have a huge bromance. They love each <laughs> other. Like I can't imagine them splitting up. They love playing with each other. And it that was. The opposite of what we thought when they first were playing together, when we who was Batman, who was who was Robin, we were like, man, these guys are kind of like they clash in in a sense that they need they both need the ball. They never clash like actually in the locker room, but mm-hmm. people just thought their games didn't mesh. And I mean, we still have, I can't see them there are still up. people who make the argument because we see them yelling at each other on the court. But I agree with how they respond. They're just they're brothers who are going at it. They've been together for so long. They re- they have a great relationship. Um, they're, I, I think that that's all fine. I think arguments with teammates on court, as long as they're not like completely out of hand, I think they're reasonable. And I think they're showing they that they're going to play back. no matter what. They have each other's back, yeah. And Westbrook's a great player. I mean, he gets overshadowed by Durant and by other guards in the league like Curry. He's He, he does literally everything. He's just not a consistent shooter. If he could consistently shoot a three-pointer – It'd be humongous. Yeah. I mean, he would be. He would be a different player. But it's so funny to see people try to step up on him. You just, you don't know what he's going to do. Sometimes he gets a little predictable. He's and got it's a little like, JR okay, He's going to pull. He does. Yeah. But other times you look at him and it's like, that defender has no idea what he's going to do. He can do, he can go to anywhere on the floor right now. He, he can wants. blow right past you. Yep. But let me just say this. And I said this to you before. People are getting really, really under my, ner- they're under my skin because they're saying like I've seen people say like they would rather have Westbrook over Curry all of a sudden, and it's just I'm I'm livid when I see stuff I'm, like that. I'm with you 100. It's like did we just forget about the fact that Curry just won the MVP uh, award unanimous, unanimously the first time ever? 
yep. of having every single vote. And he it's, easily it's could have won. If, I mean, if you he could have won the MIP as well. He could have won most improved. If yeah. you want to make that argument, he is ridiculous. He's, He's the best so player great. on the planet. And he now people are saying the they would rather have Westbrook. Yeah. Come on, give me a break, man. Westbrook is not even half the player Curry is. I don't care how many how many more things he can do on the court. You know what? Curry can get to the basket. He yeah. just doesn't have to. I know. He can dish the ball too. He just doesn't have to. Yeah. He can play good defense. He just, I mean, he does play good defense. It's just people see Westbrook because, you know, Westbrook can't shoot the ball. They see all these other things he can do because he, he can't shoot the ball. Curry. And sometimes people will point to the turnovers of Curry, and it's like, well, you have to look at the same thing with Westbrook then. Because, I mean, Curry so, had a rough night last night. I, I mean, on the okay, on the one, dishing side of things. One rough night. I think night he had seven turnovers like, or something. But No, yeah, and that's true. And he sometimes but that he, gets a little, he tries to get a little fancy, go right. the back yeah. and whatnot. So does Westbrook. And Westbrook is so inefficient. I'm not trying to get on Westbrook. He's a great player. But, like, when people say after one game that, like, oh, maybe I, I would rather have Westbrook if I was starting a team today than Curry, you're, you're, I'm, I'm not going to say the word. But, like, <laughs> yeah. you just need to just stop talking about basketball. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. And uh, I think with that strong take to finish, I think that's how we have to Let's call this podcast because we're running out of Mike time Trump. here. And yeah, that's a great <laughs> mic drop there for Christian Goey. Thank you so much, man. This has been hey, man. awesome. Pleasure. Yeah. Uh, I'm Kevin Kelly. Um, I'm not sure if you'll hear my voice on this podcast again. Hopefully uh, we'll, I will. We'll, we'll try to get I'll at least call up. But uh, thank you to everybody who's listened over the years. I've been doing this, uh, if this is the last time. And uh, this has been great. Congratulations, Thank you so much. Kevin. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. You did a great that. job. I really appreciate that. Um, and uh, enjoy the basketball and the NBA draft lottery tonight. A lot of interesting things to pay attention to tonight. Uh, 8 o'clock NBA draft lottery, 8.30 Raptors-Cavs. Enjoy these hoops. <laughs>